All right. Hello there, everybody, and welcome to Hype Function. I'm your host, Jeffrey White. We are hosting this on Christmas Day 2022. Merry Christmas, everybody. Hope you all having a fantastic holidays. Um, and yeah, we are doing this for the sixth year running, podcasting on Christmas Day, a tradition unlike any other. Take that, the Masters. Uh, and so as he has been for the past five Christmases, he's back again. You know him from Culture Slate, and you know him from the Star Wars Underworld podcast. It's Mr. Chris Siegel. All right, six years of jolly hype. Let's go. <laughs> and yeah, we're, we're shooting this at nighttime. There's like blizzards going on around the nation. Like it's cold almost everywhere. It, it, weird. What, what's happening? I don't know. But what I do know, Chris, is that we got some awesome gifts. Okay, so let, let's let's just jump right to it. I want to talk about this first gift, and it's this cute little plushie of a bean from Fall Guys. So let me tell you something, Chris. I. I don't know if you've been listening to my podcast these past couple of months, but in the past few months, I've gotten hooked on Fall Guys. Like, I've been playing this video game with Ben Hart, the Star Wars guy. Um, actually, actually, I can promote this now. Um, the Star Wars Underworld Network's uh, Discord server, they're having um, bi-weekly Fall Guys events now that are... Um, my, my friend Joel Davis from Ion Cannon Podcast, he's like hosting them. And I'm basically, it's fun, Chris. I'm just like teaching everybody how to play Fall Guys because like most people are like, it's like their first time playing or it's like, what is going on? And um, have you ever played Fall Guys before, Chris? I've never played. I've watched it a few times on YouTube, like the gameplay of it. Um, and it's also something I'll watch when people are doing like voiceover, like story videos, and they're like putting the gameplay behind them. Um, but I, every every other week when they do that, there's always something I'm in the middle of doing, and I have not made it to it yet. I know they've done it a couple times now. So um, hopefully sometime in January, um, yeah. I'll be able to do that. I think I'll be at Anime Los Angeles for the next one, so probably the one after that. So like I, I like I'll let you know this like it, it's very easy to pick up and play like it's such a yeah. jolly game Chris yeah. and like it's free to play you don't have to spend yeah. a cent like there, it's a very low barrier of entry so like it's very easy to pick up and play like I can't wait to have you on I you know I know I've occasionally talked gaming with you off and on in the past a lot of Star yep. Wars games of course um, when was the last time you played like you played Lego Star Wars Skywalker Saga right. I did. I haven't gone through all of it yet, but mm -hmm. um, I played a good amount of it uh, right after it came out. And it's it's really awesome. It's one of those games that I'm probably going to keep going back to for years because it's yeah. going to take forever to complete that thing. And there's like so much content. They've, they've been releasing character packs as DLC. Yeah. And it's just like there's yeah. so many like Adding. Star Wars characters you could play as, the variations, the things to right. do. Oh, my God, there's so much. So speaking yeah. of Star Wars, as always, Chris, yeah. Who would who would have saw this coming? Jeff got Star Wars gifts. <laughs> um, okay, let's see. Let's start with the books. I got okay. So they released. So you know the Star Wars character encyclopedia that they yes. release often. They just released an updated and expanded Perfect. edition like a year ago, and so I finally got that. Looks like according. I haven't read it through yet, but it has stuff from all the whole sequel trilogy. It has um, even some stuff from Mandalorian. And it has on the cover you have to see Mandalorian, Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka, Baby Grogu. And um, I think Fennec Shan, yep, Fennec is on the back cover. And it's just like stuff from obviously the whole saga, but like maybe some of the some of the Disney Plus stuff, mostly just Mandalorian, because this was before Obi-Wan and Andor. We started getting the onslaught of stuff. So I got that, excited to read that. And I think last year, Chris, I told you I got the art of the Mandalorian season one. Well, this time around, obviously, I got season two. I got it, man. <laughs> it's 
man, this show's amazing. And I was just saying when we were playing Fall Guys the other night, it, we're just over two months until Mandalorian season three starts releasing. Wow. That's so soon, Ben. Or Chris. Yeah. You're not Ben. I'm losing my mind. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say I thought you said man. I'm like, well, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so soon, man, dude. <laughs> but yeah, 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 man. Like season three, like what's your hype level for it right now? I'm pretty hyped. I mean, uh, okay, so my hype is all relative now for Star Wars things because there's like 10 million Star Wars things. <laughs> so it's like I measure hype by like, okay, what am I the most hyped for? And it's like there's definitely a few things that I'm more hyped for than the Mandalorian, but that doesn't mean I'm not hyped <laughs> for it. It just means that, you know, it's like two or three out of the list. Like, it's like there's you so have, many shows coming out. Yeah, like you have Bad Batch coming in a week or two. Yeah, like what? Yeah, that too. <laughs> you know, yeah. and then like cel- another celebration. What is happening? There's so many, like right. you know, a lot of celebrations and like, and Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Like there's so yes. much going on yes. in the Star Wars world. That and You like, just mentioned the first four months of the year there. I know. You haven't even, haven't even started... Yeah, there's yeah. like Ahsoka and Skeleton yeah. Crew and who yeah. knows what else, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like I I'm it's not Star Wars technically, but like Indiana Jones, dude. Like I'm so hyped oh, yeah. for that movie. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I we probably won't do it because it's not Star Wars, but like what if like like a couple of us like met and we just watched Indiana Jones together? I mean, I we could do that in the Southwest because you and me aren't that far apart from each other. So maybe That's we very could find true. a way to watch it together and your spot or mine or somewhere in between. <laughs> Oh man, yeah, yeah. yeah. But is there is there a random like random theater and needles or something like? Something? <laughs> I I don't know. I gotta do the research. I mean, yeah, you never know. I, it, <laughs> yeah, like you're just like driving all over the deserts and whatnot. But anyway, so yeah, let's like get Indiana into... Jones. <laughs> oh my! <laughs> oh my God! For relics. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's so perfect. I gotta keep that food for thought. I got five yeah. months away. But yeah. so let's get back to my gifts. Um, I got this cute um what's it called it's called the bounty collection and it looks like a bunch of like series inspired accessories all about the child it's kind of hard to explain what this is um it says grogu's hover pram pack and it has like the um like the the what is it the the thing that grogu levitates on the thing he sits in the little pod yes like what yoda used in attack of the clones yeah. um there's that um what else i'm trying to look here i think there's a yeah there's a frog in there how cute um <laughs> like a little napkin there's a i think and there's a co- little, you know remember the cookie from season two um mm-hmm. so i got that mm-hmm. in there that's really cool um I, got, I, I know i'm like mm, yummy yummy <laughs> See, I think I got like another little uh, blanket or like a set of fabric that has various Star Wars characters on it. Nothing too crazy. Um, But what's really cool, you might hear a clink in the background, whoops, um, is I got two. Here's the thing, Chris. I don't drink coffee. It's crazy, crazy, right? But uh, I imagine you on coffee. I oh god oh man you think I'm hyper now oh but like that would be some hype watch right there oh god oh god yeah yeah I'm just gonna be I'm gonna be bouncing off the walls Chris oh Oh, dear but even though I don't drink coffee you know I would love connect collecting Star Wars coffee mugs and I got two of them this time so I got it's a it's a coffee mug that has it's basically like a picture of Chewbacca um I don't know I think it's like a art art like a matte painting of mm. Chewie with like his bowcaster nice. and like the the handle on it actually feels like the the belt that Chewie wears if you know what I mean oh, that yeah. looks with like all the pouches so like mm-hmm. it feels kind of rugged but it's like it fits the vibe right 
Um, that came with like a hot cocoa pack. It's really cool. But this one, oh, Chris, this one is a Darth Vader mug, but it, it basically, it almost looks like a bobblehead of Darth Vader, but without the, re- it's just the head. Oh. Um, and like, it's, it, there's red candy on the inside of the mug and on the, on like the Vader face, the mask, I should say, the eyes are red. Wow. And, and like the first thing I told my mom was, like when I got this from her, it's like, oh wow, this feels like the ATSD for the Mandalorian with the red eyes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like it's like really awesome. Like so, like that was like really cool thing I got. Okay, mm-hmm. let, let's get into more of this. Let's see. Um, okay, yes, I got a DVD Lego Star Wars Droid Tales. Now y- you may have seen it on Disney Plus. It's one of the many Lego films that are on there. Um, I actually watched Summer Vacation um, earlier tonight. That was pretty cool. Um, In Summer Vacation in the middle of winter, right? I know. Like, that's interesting time to watch that. Did you watch the holiday special in July? So, (laughs) oh, man, that would have been something. Um, I actually watched that right when it came out in 2020. Um, I watched that on time. My life's been crazy. Like, I, my entertainment usage is, like, all over the place now because, like, I have a full-time job and whatnot now. Mm -hmm. It's weird. Life's weird, but... Mm -hmm. I still podcast here and there. Okay, so yeah. I got um, a CD um, of a of a Czech, like the Czech Republic, uh, a Czech orchestra performing mm-hmm. music from Star Wars stories. So wow. it's music, it's music from The Mandalorian, Rogue One, and Solo. So it's like four or five like main major themes from there. Um, mm-hmm. Like Mandalorian, a notable one is obviously the main theme. Everybody knows the main theme, but also mm-hmm. that it even it says Luke Skywalker hallway theme. Now that's not the actual name of the of the track, but oh. that, that theme still gives me chills. I loved it when yeah. they had that theme come back in the Book of Boba Fett, like in its yeah. own way. So I'm very excited to listen to that CD, see how it goes. Okay, so and then just a few more gifts here. Um, nothing too crazy, but the final Star Wars one. This one is pretty sweet. Is um, I don't know if you know Chris, but I've been getting a lot of droids. You know, I've gotten BB-8, a Dio, you know, and an R2-D2 figurine in the past. Well, this time around, I get a robotic, um, remote-controlled Lola. Oh, yeah, Lola from Obi-Wan Kenobi. Oh nice. man, I I remember I remember Chris. It was so cool that like after we watched um, the two up first two episodes of Obi-Wan at star Wars celebration. I remember going on the show floor the next day and like, I'm seeing Lola like figures there. I think what I got was like probably one of the things Hasbro was selling at their booth. Yeah, It was just so cool that like immediately they had Lola merch, like at the ready, like Mm -hmm. they knew folks were going to like Lola. What did you think of Lola in Obi-Wan? Yeah, she was, she was really cool. Reminds me a bit of the, the head of a pit droid. (laughs) I um yeah I I and like I said my entertainment usage has been um weird lately so I my dumb self didn't start watching Andor until today. Oh uh, my gosh, what <laughs> that that's amazing. I no I know Ben's been like what are you doing Jeffrey Ben Hart the Star Wars guy's like you got to watch it Jeffrey it's so good <laughs> and I'm after 5 episodes thus far because I'm too exhausted to watch more cuz it's so intense I'm here to say it's really flipping good man <laughs> mm. like yeah how do you like the mu- the music in it is is very unique it's got a lot more modern music in it which i think is interesting the the main theme the main andor's theme that plays at the beginning and end of every mm. episode or most episodes 
has mm-hmm. it has that specific motif that it's an earworm in my head, Chris, that like mm-hmm. I am just like humming it in my head. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just so good. I think the composer's name is Nicholas Bertel. Um, and like he it's it's can I just say it's so interesting the wide variety of composers that Star Wars has yeah. been having. You have Ludwig yeah. Göransson, obviously John Williams, everybody knows that. Natalie Holt, you know, for mm-hmm. Obi Wan, mm-hmm. and now Nicholas Bertel. And it's so cool. Mm-hmm. We're having such a wide range of musical diversity in Star Wars now, yeah. and I mean, it's kind of an attest a testament to how Star Wars itself is very like you you have so many different projects now. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. It's like almost almost like Marvel now, but it's. Yeah. It's just so cool hearing all these different like musician or these different composers trying out their craft, and it's it's such a treat uh, to yeah. to hear everybody spin that they're not trying to be like John Williams, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, as much as we all love John Williams, you know, you know, we celebrated his ninetieth ninetieth birthday, and he you know was, was doing fantastic on uh, Obi Wan Kenobi and the Fablemans. He's about he's been scoring Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny can't wait to hear that in the theaters oh my god but um it's it's nice to see that not everyone is just trying to emulate williams for the sake of emulating him that they're trying their own things too and that Mm -hmm. there's these new things going on so yeah definitely absolutely love that um so i want to get so the rest of these gifts are just a handful um but they are various um non-star wars gifts so they're not star wars related but, but that's okay i star wars is not my only my only interest as you may know so I don't know. Have you ever played Dragon Age? Forgot if I asked you this before. I've heard of it, but I've never played it. Got it. So in universe, one of the party members uh, named Varric Tethrus, he writes a book called Hard in Hightown. That um, it's mm-hmm. like it's like big adventure. There's like it's referenced often in the games, and they Bioware, the developers of the game, actually released the novel like in real life, like like wow. actually published it and put it. Um, Dark Dark Horse Comics pu- published it, or books. It's a book, not a comic, but uh, they published it um, last year, I think. And so I finally got that for Christmas, and I'm so excited to read it because, like, they're hyping up the next game, Dragon Age Dreadwolf, like more and more and more. They're like slowly revealing little bits, and mm. pr- development is like moving forward. And it's the fan, the fandom's getting so excited. We haven't had a new Dragon Age game in eight years. Wow. This is sort of like that half kind of tor- kind of half torture we felt before Force Awakens came out when we hadn't had a live action Star Wars film in 10 years, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or e- obviously before that, before The Phantom Menace, it was like 15 years or whatever. Yeah. Um, if you, unless you count, um, you know, all the cartoons and the mm-hmm. Ewok films. And so, mm-hmm. so like for Dragon Age fans, like we've been waiting a long time. They've had cliffhangers on us and, you know, all these hanging, hanging loose plot threads. So mm-hmm. I'm really excited to see where the series goes. Can't wait for the next game. Um, I, I I'm still playing Mass Effect and Dragon Age. Still been playing a lot of those single player RPGs and stories. And it's you know I mentioned Fall Guys earlier. That's like the only multiplayer game. I sometimes still play Battlefront too. Mm-hmm. Um, but like single player, like for me, it's the way to go. And also Fall Guys. Um, so speaking of video games, um, I don't know if I told you this before, but um, I have become a diehard Kingdom Hearts fan in the past like, oh, year and a half. Nice. So I played through uh, most of the games. Um, I did not want to play Rechain of Memories because it's gameplay. I do not like the gameplay very much, uh, but I know the story of, of what happens. Um, so I, I love those and I love that series a lot. And today I got, um, it's called an ultra detail figure 
and by this company called mm-hmm. Medicom Toy. I mm-hmm. didn't even know this was a thing, but these look like cartoonish like toys. Uh, they released mm-hmm. figures for Sora and uh, and Goofy here. So mm-hmm. it's like like it looks looks pretty cool, like almost like a cartoon type feel, but still pretty cool. And I got a Kingdom Hearts three Sora pop vinyl. Nice. Can't go can't go wrong with a pop. I already have um, the Monsters Inc. Sora variant uh, when he was in the Monsters Inc. world. So mm-hmm. I did, so that's just really cool. I get to add it to my pop collection. Um, so yeah, I think candy wise, you know, nothing too crazy, you know, it's candy. Right. But I got, I usually get like, you know, those little Hershey's kisses, you know, those little, like little, it's so hard to explain these little like cylinders, like almost like a God is hard to explain, but it's like when you're stacking Hershey's kisses on top of each other in like a small container, mm. does that make sense? Thing. Yeah. But, um, usually like it's like a candy cane at the top that pops out. Oh but yeah, I've had those. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Those. But this in this one, I usually get the candy cane ones, but instead of a candy cane, it's the Grinch. Oh man. <laughs> oh man. So and that's the only unique thing. You know, got some gift cards. Yay, fun. You know, no Star Wars gift cards, unfortunately. That's not even a thing as far as I know. So mm-hmm. Those are all the cool gifts I got for Christmas. And um, I hope you can see my passion for Dragon Age, Kingdom Hearts, and Star Wars is in full swing. And so with that being said, Chris Siegel, what did you get for Christmas this year? Is uh, One question. Is oh, yeah. Sora an uh, original character from Kingdom Hearts yes. or is it from another franchise? So okay, Sora, right, it, it is it is owned by Disney, technically. Disney owns uh-huh. the rights to the character, but it, yeah. Sora originated in Kingdom Hearts. That's good to know. Yeah, I was yeah. curious because I actually, funnily enough, I, I heard about Sora for the first time last night <laughs> funnily enough really? because um I, I ran across somebody whose name was sora and <laughs> and i'm like hmm, i wonder what this name is from and you can tell it's not a given name um and i believe that most likely it's from that because uh, i don't think it's sora bulk i think that's a little <laughs> bit of a stretch there <laughs> name yourself after an obscure jedi character that's really <laughs> only like the comic books <laughs> i hate Hey, there's a fan out there, Chris. Yeah, Someone's out there. Like, Someone's they're gonna, a Star Wars fan. They're gonna marry. The they're gonna step. yeah. They're gonna marry a diehard Star Wars fan, and they're gonna find some obscure Star Wars Jedi name. Man, it's gonna happen. Funny. <laughs> uh, yeah, but that's great. Um, yeah, uh, I'm. I guess technically, I'm not all the way through Christmas yet because Ooh. I haven't done the extended family Christmas yet. I'm doing that tomorrow. Mm. Um, but I have done the immediate family Christmas, so I got a good amount of good good awesome. amount of stuff already. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, for let's see, for for Star Wars, uh, let's see. Uh, I tend to get this every year, but more Star Wars socks um, because yeah. I always go through them. Um, and actually, one of them was really great. It had like um, Ahsoka on it, but Ahsoka from the Mandalorian, um, which was cool. Um, and then other various Mandalorian socks like Grogu and the Mandalorian and stuff like that. So I'm actually wearing the Grogu socks right now. Oh, that's the best. Um, Actually, speaking yeah. of, sorry, I forgot of one thing, of one mm-hmm. gift, but it's not for, it wasn't for me. It was for my mom. She mm-hmm. got a, you know, like those tiki cups that like yeah. you had that like fancy designs on like a cup on the outside. Mom mm-hmm. got one of those, but for it, instead of a tiki, it's Grogu. <laughs> That's awesome. I've never seen that. That sounds great. My, because oh. it, it wasn't even a coffee cup. So my mom's like, what is, this is weird. And I'm like, it's Grogu. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's 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 really cool. But yeah, love um, that you're wearing the Grogu socks. That's awesome. Yeah, so I got the so I got the Grogu socks, which matches you know the the Grogu Christmas sweater that I wear every year. Yeah, ever since the, the Mandalorian came out. Uh, but to go under that, I got like a Christmas Mandalorian T-shirt with Grogu on it Ooh. this year, um, which has not no one's seen it because it's been underneath the sweater. So I got to figure out how to get it out there. So is cold. Grogu wearing a Santa hat? 
I think so. Um, I don't, I'm trying to look at it, but I'm wearing it. So it's kind of hard. Oh, understood. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think so. I'll have to get back to you on that one. And I look at myself in the mirror, not wearing my sweater. <laughs> Got it. No worries. But um, it's, it's Christmassy in some way. Um, it, it says uh, something like uh, my presents are the way or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> so it's pretty cool um so yeah. i got that t-shirt i got the socks and then uh let's see what else i got a star wars sticker book like not a mm-hmm. book with stickers in it but a book to put stickers in it has those kind of like slippery huh. pages that you can stick stickers on and then take them off easily um so now because i never know what to do with star wars stickers when i get them but now i can put them in my star wars sticker book yeah. uh, which is that's that's very useful uh, so I got that, and then I got a couple of Black Series action figures. I got yeah. the uh, Boba Fett from the Book of Boba Fett mm. um, figure, which is great. Uh, very perfect likeness of Tamar Morrison. Like, they did a great job with the cast of the head. Um, they oh, keep wait, getting so, better and better with that. Okay, so I have a Black Series figure of Boba Fett, but it was the Mandalorian version with the helmet on. So this one doesn't have the helmet on? Yeah, so this is the helmet off. It's a removable helmet, so you can put the helmet on oh. and off. Yeah, so they've got the full head. Um, so that's that's really cool. It's the updated yeah. one. Um, so got that. And then I got the uh it's like an exclusive uh Christmas Mandalorian action figure, which is like I guess mm-hmm. hard to get. Um, but it's like it's like a Mandalorian, but like almost like the armor's painted like a Christmas sweater. <laughs> it's really, really funny. Um so I, I got that. You got Santa um, Lorian here. <laughs> really? That's really what it looks like. It's like Santa Lorian kind of um, just no Christmas hat like Santa Lorian. Or maybe it doesn't. I'm just not remembering. Um, but um, it's got that. And then uh, got a um, Grogu uh, ornament. So yet another Grogu ornament. Oh, uh, yeah. Those. Um, can, I, can I just say real quick, like, I love how many Grogu, like, pieces of merchandise there are. Oh like, gosh, I mean, we all know that, like, when Mandalorian first came out, they, you know, they wanted, they didn't want to spoil Grogu. So yeah. they didn't release yeah. merch at first. But then, mm-hmm. like, once they started releasing merch, it was by the boatloads, man. Like, and oh. now you have Grogu everything. That's crazy. Oh, yeah. It's the, it, Grogu is the face of Star Wars now, definitely. <laughs> it used to be kind of like Darth Vader. Now it's like Grogu. Yeah. Um, and, you know, to, to the point where like all of my presents were wrapped in Grogu wrapping paper. So, oh, dude, like, that's the best. Yeah. It was just Grogu on top of Grogu on top of Grogu everywhere. Um, it's like, yeah, I would basically have a Grogu, the Grogu Christmas sweater with the Grogu shirt underneath it and the Grogu socks opening, you know, Grogu wrapping paper with Grogu ornaments inside it. Hey, at this rate, you're going to have a Grogu sticker to put on your laptop and a Grogu, and a Grogu laptop exactly. cover to put on. Exactly. Yeah. And actually, everything. I got one more thing in my stocking that I forgot about. Um, it's like a little bit little, little tiny grogu figure like a little plushy but um it has a little candy cane like attached to it that you can eat that's cool that's cool yeah. um so yeah i got that and then so those are all the kind of the smaller things um oh, okay. the, the really cool big thing um is i got a uh custom made uh combat ready lightsaber which was freaking mm-hmm. awesome it's like a has like a black hilt and then it has a blade that can be any color like an rgb like led blade so like um, is this is this like um what a lot of us made at disney at galaxy's edge kind of like that i would say it's probably better quality 
than the Disney ones. Oh wow! Um, because it's it's yeah, it's made by like a third party, so it's not. Is it like a laser sword? It's not really a lightsaber, um, but it's made for like you know doing like tricks and things. Um, oh, okay. So um, and it's I'm like gonna... it makes noises when you when you like clash it and stuff i'm gonna look out for those fan films of chris sickle doing lightsaber yes. battles okay yes yes because <laughs> i have i actually have one jedi cosplay already um so i'm gonna use yeah. it with that but then i gotta here's the thing this is what i want to do <laughs> is i want to do a, a ronin cosplay from star wars visions the star wars anime oh. show um because the lightsaber already kind of looks a little bit like that like so a I samurai sword it. yeah exactly kind of make a samurai sword out yeah. of it um, and so that's kind of the big thing I've been working on this this year is what trying you, to put that together. So what are you expecting from Star Wars Visions the season two or whatever they're gonna do with that? I haven't I haven't looked into much press. I know that there was something that came out about it like a week ago and I haven't gotten to it, but I saw like headline of like why it's gonna be different or something, but I don't know why. I didn't read it. So because like that was what was know. cool about season one of Visions was that like you yeah. had each uh, individual story, like each separate mm-hmm. story. They weren't connected, mm-hmm. they were just yeah. Uh, hey you're these creative people have at it do something cool yeah. with star wars put it in anime yeah. form and yeah. I, th- I i have a feeling season two will be more of that but i just think you have awesome characters like ronin and such yeah. cool like that like that samurai sword laser sword and so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. man i can't wait to see you like do that with your with your blade yeah i'm gonna try my best to, to it's probably gonna go through different iterations where it'll get like closer and closer as i like add things to it like <laughs> um, it'll be kind of rough at first because it's like I, i'm not used to putting stuff together like that but i'm gonna try um but yeah it's cool because it's like i'm trying to kind of like cross over like the anime stuff and the star wars stuff so star wars visions is is perfect because there's like a bunch of anime cons that happen in california and it's gonna be a bunch this year and i want to go to them but there's not many animes i'm a big fan of so i wouldn't you know go and do a cosplay from like you know one of like you know chainsaw man or full metal alchemist or any of that (laughs) stuff um but i would do a star wars anime cosplay because that's kind of crossing over my interest so that's why it kind of fits well for me oh that sounds awesome i'm looking forward to all the cosplay photos (laughs) yeah yeah that's gonna be cool so um yeah so i think yeah i think that that's that's everything that i got you know star wars related um, you know, I got a few other kind of random things like, you know, I got a, another microphone that I can use various points. I got a Yeti Ooh. microphone, which is cool, which I'm not using now because um, <laughs> it's in the box still. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I got that. And, and I feel stuff, like so. I feel like as podcasters, like whether we're full time or part time or whatever, like we're always going to be like wanting to upgrade our equipment and just be better and better as long as we do this hobby or medium or whatnot well, for me now it's at the point where i need stuff in multiple states because like i travel oh. around i'm always doing things on my phone um so now it's good because like you know i have a whole microphone set up back in la but i'm not in la because i'm with my family for the holidays back in new england so now i'm gonna have once i set that up somewhere here in new england whenever i go back here to visit i I don't have to worry about the microphone situation because there will be a second one for me all set up and that's the other interesting thing is like you know the star wars underworld podcast is a video podcast and so i i yeah, you know, I just wonder how like how that would change, like how you how we like prepare. Uh, you know, well, you wouldn't podcasts. believe how good smartphones are at video <laughs> podcasts these days. Like honestly, I have a, a pretty expensive MacBook, and to the, my phone actually gets better quality video Whoa. and audio than the MacBook does. Really. Some- so yeah, so it's easier for me to just set up my phone on like a small tripod thingy and just use that 
to, to film myself and go live with because it's like the cameras on these phones now are like insane because they have to keep topping themselves every year yeah. um whereas laptops kind of develop slowly like you know you buy a laptop mm-hmm. you expect to have it for like five to ten years yeah a phone you expect to have it for maybe two or three so mm-hmm. they have to keep making them better and better and better to inspire the people to keep buying the next iphone or the next galaxy phone or whatever Google and so Pixel. it's like yeah. the cameras are just yeah the cameras are just even front and back are just really great so literally I get a better image on any web than any webcam I possibly could use. Um, so it's only better in the studio because I have good lighting, like I have a lighting setup that makes it look good. Yeah. But if it weren't for the lighting setup, the phone honestly would be better. Um, so I don't even know if I would give the phone up. You, you, I would have to figure out a way to get the like Yeti to plug into the phone or something crazy like that. Yeah, I think, oh God, I'm just like imagining... And plug, trying to plug into Yeti to, oh, that sounds so complicated. <laughs> well, it's tough because it's like now, you know, it's like one port for everything. Like you used to have all these different holes in the phone where you put the headphone jack in there, yeah. or the power in there. Now it's like there's just mm-hmm. one place to put it in. And it's like a multi, you know, it's the USB-C or whatever iPhone lightning thing there is. And like even even a lot of laptops, newer laptops are having less and less ports. Exactly. Yeah. So I need to probably come up with some type of like port splitter hub thing that allows me to do that. Or like a Bluetooth type thing where it just yeah. comes up with Bluetooth like that might work. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I know it's always cool, you know, having like, you know, non-Star Wars things to get, you know, like, but I think of that trope from a Christmas story where the where Randy and Ralphie are like they're opening all these cool presents at the end and then they get socks and they're like, nope, toss them back. You know, they toss them back their socks. They don't like the socks. But uh, like we are like some of the only people that will celebrate when we receive socks, yeah. especially when they are Grogu or Star Wars related socks. Oh yeah. <laughs> I know I traveled, I did one of those, you know, cheap flights like Spirit Airlines and all that stuff. So I traveled with a backpack because you know you can't like bring <laughs> luggage on those things, otherwise they charge yeah. you like the same price for the tickets. That's the whole why it's cheaper because you don't have that. So it's like I, I traveled with only like a few pairs of socks and like a few shirts because I'm like, I'm probably gonna get some mm-hmm. and they saved me today. I don't have to do laundry now for a few more days. <laughs> oh, that's so perfect. But yeah, uh, very nice that you got, you know, that we're all getting Grogu stuff. Um, I'm sure like a lot of our friends have keep getting Grogu stuff as well and like other cool Star Wars things. And I guess now I get to add Fall Guys to the list of uh, plushies I need to get because uh, I recently got a Sora plushie for Kingdom Hearts. And you know, obviously I still have my couple of Grogu plushies and Pork plushies and all that stuff. Um and so, man, I love Star Wars so much. 2022, man, we're almost done with the year. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it is. 2022, uh, I, I, this I has been... feel like it's 2020. I feel like, you know, as long as I've, you know, been talking to a few guys, especially like you and Ben Hart, the Star Wars guy, like you all have been telling me that like this is, for the past five years now or six years, this is the best time to be a Star Wars fan. Like every That's year I come around like... This is the best time ever. And mm-hmm. I, but I just feel like 2022 was just a particularly special year when just looking at Star Wars content, because yeah. we got so much. We got the end of the Book of Boba Fett, the lot, the bulk of that season, right? Uh, mm-hmm. We had, um, I'm going to miss something, but that's okay. There's just so much going on. Um, Obi-Wan Kenobi, we had Celebration yeah. Anaheim. Um, we had Andor, we had, yeah. um, um we had lego star wars summer vacation um i at lego star wars the skywalker saga how could i forget about the lego game and um what am i tales of the jedi oh how could i forget about that i forgot that was a thing Mm -hmm. and so it's just like all these like incredible things and so like 
And with all these incredible things to come in the future, like how are you feeling about Star Wars right now, Chris? It's really good. Um, I the, the thing that I'm most curious about, um, and like you're deep enough into Andor to kind of like realize this, is the kind of the levels of the depth of Star Wars story, Star Wars story, Star Wars storytelling. Yeah. That's a lot of st- st- sounds um, <laughs> that are gonna that are gonna happen um, yeah. in the future because it's like. You know, you do have like Book of Boba Fett and Kenobi and like they're good because they have like the iconic characters and moments and they're like adding to the to the overall story of the of the saga films. Book of Boba Fett's very much a, you know, a sequel to the original trilogy, whereas mm-hmm. Kenobi is that kind of bridge story between the prequels and the original trilogy. And and they're good for that, but they're very much kind of the same tone as a lot of other star Wars, they're not really changing or adding anything to like what star Wars is at its core. It's just kind of repeating some of the same storytelling type uh, tactics. Whereas Andor was interesting because it kind of has new ideas in it about how to shoot things and tell things in the pacing and the dialogue. There's so many Mm -hmm. things in it that you've never seen in star Wars before. And so what I'm really interested in is what the balance is going to be in the future of familiar stuff versus stuff that's literally like groundbreaking and pushing things forward into new territory. I want to see a balance of that. And I'm interested to see those things cross over a little bit more like Andor was very much reliant on the depth of the the storytelling um, and the characters and the acting and the dialogue. And Kenobi was very much reliant on the big characters like Obi-Wan, Leia, Darth Vader. And so I'm curious to see if those two things are going to merge at some point and we're going to get some stories with familiar characters from the original trilogy or the prequels that also have a little bit more depth um and and uh, attention to detail in the, the character development and the writing like 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 andor does with some of the newer characters and and cassian's character which is you know disney era character so i i'm curious to see how that works because it's like yeah they're it's like they're made almost for different scopes of audiences. Like there's a lot of crossover where many people enjoy both types of storytelling, but I feel like there's also people on the ends that only like one or the other. Like there's a lot of people that kind of like Star Wars for the essential Star Wars things like the force and the lightsaber battles and stuff like that. And those people tended to like Kenobi the best and tended to find Andor maybe a little bit slow or just not their cup of tea. And then there's the people that really like, you know, really in-depth, you know, complex stories. And those people tended to, you know, find Kenobi a little bit lackluster and underwhelming, but found Andor to be really riveting and exciting exciting and so i'm interested to see like how they're going to be able to keep both types of audiences interested with their slate of shows if they're always going to have a show that's kind of like andor and a show that's kind of like kenobi or if they're going to figure out a way to actually find a good balance between the two i'm really fascinated about that so there's something i want to point out as well i think andor is like very andor and obi-wan kenobi actually have very big similarities For the sole reason that they both show how hard life is in the Star Wars galaxy. Mm -hmm. You know, Obi-Wan Kenobi showing how you know bad Tatooine is. You know, you see Obi-Wan basically being a slave, right? Mm -hmm. And you know, Andor, well, I mean, we we don't need to go. I mean, there's it's it's so deep, it's insane what's going on of Andor. It ups that times 10. But like 
So I think there's a lot of similarities in that regard, but um, you, you bring up this interesting point about like, you know, is it about lightsabers, pew pew action ships, or is it about mm-hmm. deep inventive storytelling and like, you know, whatnot? Mm-hmm. I, this is going to sound like a bold hot take, Chris, but I feel like the reason why I think that Star Wars The Last Jedi was was trying mm-hmm. to do both. It, you yeah. had the Luke Skywalker, you had the lightsabers, the pew pew, the action, the awesome CGI. Um, but then you also had it, you know, talking about deep tropes and like story elements that you don't always see in Star Wars. And some could argue that it that sort of taste didn't uh, appeal to everyone, let's say. And so mm-hmm. I, I think you make a great point in that, like, it'll be interesting if they do try to merge it. What I'm afraid of is that like something in that will like divide the fandom well, to be fair the fandom's always divided let's be real <laughs> right. you know no matter what you do with fandoms somebody's going to be complaining that's just the reality of uh, the world unfortunately but um mm-hmm. it's that that would be very fascinating because i wonder we know with Andor specifically we know that season two they're filming it right now well maybe not right mm-hmm. now on christmas day but they're filming it um you know at you know this month and yeah you know they're having a, it'll be the final season and it will connect to uh, uh, connect directly to Rogue One. Yeah. I'm curious what they'll do because um, if you remember watching Rogue One, like you know, it also started off very differently, you know, than mm-hmm. most Star Wars films. You mm-hmm. know, with introducing these like characters, they look like everyday rebels, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's that's true. That's a lot of good points. Um, I think I think going back to what you said about. Uh, um, Ryan Johnson in Last Jedi, like you're, you're totally right about that. And where you really get that from is paying attention to what Ryan Johnson has done outside of Star Wars. Yeah. Like what I was just doing before going on this podcast was watching Glass Onion oh, for the second time. How was actually. it? Um, it was very, it was very, very good. Um, I think Knives Out is a little bit better, but I haven't seen Knives Out in a long time, so I got to oh, watch okay. it again to compare them. But uh, Glass Onion was very entertaining and and good, and they're both great films by Brian Johnson. And of course, for those yeah. who don't know, those are the two films he made after The Last Jedi. And so, um, I think looking at what he's capable of, having written and directed those films, just like he wrote and directed The Last Jedi. You can tell that he has that attention to detail that you kind of see a little bit more of an Andor than some of the other Star Wars Disney Plus properties. And I, I wonder if I, I, my, my basically my final conclusion about the issue with the sequels mm-hmm. is not that each individual or a particular individual film is 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 bad. It's that they don't work together very well, and thus, mm-hmm. depending on which one you like, you tend to like some better than than the others. Like for you know, example, I feel like you know you got J.J. Abrams doing two of the films, and then you got Ryan Johnson doing the one in the middle, and uh, people kind of tend to be on one side or the other <laughs> about which ones they like because they're so different from each other. Yeah. And I kind of. I think, you know, what should have happened is they should have let Ryan Johnson do episode nine instead of when Colin Trevorrow Mm -hmm. had an issue with it. But I'm sure he was probably in the middle of filming Knives Out and they would have had to delay it. And so, you know, they didn't want to do that. They wanted it out on schedule. So they went and they said, yes, JJ, hey, you got to come back and do this. We got an emergency here. Colin can't yep. figure out how to deal with it without Carrie Fisher. And, you yeah. know, we need to, we need this out and by 2019. And they basically and so, rushed everything with the film yeah, process. That's crazy exactly. what they did. 
Yeah, it was tough. So it's unfortunate yeah. because I felt like you really needed that 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 second Ryan Johnson film to really drive home some of the different mm. the left turns he had taken with some of the characters. And so and then when you take like a left turn with a character like he very much did with with Ray and mm -hmm. Luke, for example, that I definitely think he did things with them that JJ never would have done and wasn't planning to do. Um when you end up course correcting a bit, then you get whiplash. You're like, well, why do we go over here? And then we're back here again. It doesn't make sense. And, you know, they did that with Finn too. And so I, I think that's kind of the issue with, with that, but I think you're right that, that the last Jedi was an attempt in the films at doing what Andor did um, with the, with the series under Disney plus. And I wish that, you know, Ryan Johnson had an opportunity to continue that because, mm. you know, a lot of people have said, if you just sit down and watch the first or second episode of Andor, and you've seen several, so you understand this um, yeah. point, um, you're probably not going to be too impressed with the show if you just watch like the first one or two episodes. Like it'll be intriguing, mm -hmm. but it's really not until you get to the third and fourth and fifth it gets episode better that and better. people get hooked. And I feel like Ryan Johnson it's like he was only allowed to make one episode. Yeah, and yeah. so people were just scratching their heads like, what just happened? Um, and if he was allowed to make more, I think I think if people would be embracing it a little bit more, just like they're embracing Andor after watching several of the episodes. And I, I just hope that Ryan comes back at some point and does more Star Wars films and we can maybe get some of that. So this is going to, this here's, it comes another hot take for you, Chris. So I have a feeling that the book of Boba Fett was kind of that way in a similar way in comparison mm -hmm. to two seasons of the Mandalorian. Like, mm -hmm. and I think part of it was just how it's sort of like how season two of Mandalorian ended sort of like the force mm -hmm. awakens, which also had a cliffhanger based on Luke. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, so like where, you know, you have that incredible action scene with Luke and just that mm -hmm. incredible emotional scene. He takes Grogu, everybody's bawling their eyes out. Like music is swelling to like, Oh my God. And like, if it just ended right there, like magnum opus, baby, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, and I think it's so interesting, like the book of Boba Fett, it's not necessarily the Boba Fett and Fennec and Tatooine stuff. I'm fine with that personally and the Tuscans and all that. You know, I personally, you know, I'm not complaining about that, but I think it was kind of, it kind of had a bit of whiplash to seeing Luke. Yeah. And just, yeah. oh, there he is. He's there. Okay. They're just showing him. And all of a sudden, oh, uh, Grogu left Luke all of a sudden. That's fast. You know? Yeah. I have my, my opinion about why that happened, what, what I think might have happened. And I don't have a lot of evidence to back this up. But what do you got? I, I originally had this intuition when they announced the Book of Boba Fett that I thought, okay, the Book of Boba Fett's kind of going to be like, like prequel vignettes before Mandalorian season three. Like, that's what I thought it was going to be, mm -hmm. that it was going to be like, you know, because they did that once with uh, Star Wars Rebels. With Star Wars Rebels, there was one season that started with some web shorts that were like five minutes long, and there was oh. like three or four of them. And then they kind of bridged the gap to the next season. And so I thought, okay, so what Book of Boba Fett is, they're going to do a little flashback, go back and tell Boba Fett's story and, you know, how he got out of the Starlock pit and like all that stuff. Um, and then they're going to 
it's gonna then they're gonna start the season the next season of the Mandalorian right after that, and then we're gonna get Grogu and all of those stories yeah. again. And that would keep Boba Fett episodes just about Boba Fett. And that's what I thought they were going to do. And I think the, the next season of The Mandalorian got delayed. Maybe they needed to rewrite mm. some Gina Carano stuff, or I don't know. Um, yeah. and, and I think the pandemic also, I think, caused some production delays mm. there, too, because I think they were filming that stuff in the middle of it. And so um, I think what happened is they realized, like, okay, it's going to take us another year to get the Mandalorian season three out. So do we want the audience on Disney plus to go a full couple years without seeing any Grogu or any follow-up to what they saw with Luke? And I don't think they wanted to do that because Grogu, as we were talking about earlier, is such an important merchandising yeah. thing. And it's like the face <laughs> of star Wars. How can you not have them on Disney plus? For like, look at all that. Yeah. Look at all the Grogu merch we've been getting, man. <laughs> yeah. How can you sustain that off of just two seasons and people are going to start, you know, forgetting about it. I think they wanted yeah. to remind people about that story. Mm-hmm. And so I think they kind of showed, shoehorn they just stuck in that stuff where it didn't <laughs> belong exactly mm-hmm. in the from a pure storytelling point of view and just so it would fit with our in-universe timeline of when the stuff was coming out and i think that just makes it feel a little uneasy and it just doesn't completely work and now of course we're gonna get mandalorian season three and we're gonna get an opportunity to yeah. move forward in the stories which is gonna be great but i think overall the way they did it going back and watching it in the from in the future it's gonna seem odd because you mm-hmm. question like why did you, they do this like you so, can just now sit down and watch those three seasons why would you want to bother yeah. having to watch another mm-hmm. show to get that middle part it's going to be kind of awkward mm-hmm. for people and that's an amazing point like we got you have to remember you know, folks listening, most people are not diehard Star Wars fans like us. We know yeah. everything going on. Book of Boba Fett, yeah. Mandalorian, all the animated shows, everything. So, like, we yeah. know what happened in detail yeah. with these stories. The casual yeah. person who, like, you know, just tunes in every year or, like, is like, oh, I want to see Grogu. If they yeah. are, like, binge or ju- they didn't know about Book of Boba Fett, possibly, yeah. and they just watched seasons one and two of Mandalorian. And then yeah. right before season three comes out in March, they're going to be, like, they're going to be... I'm curious to see how they're going to do that. Like previously on, there's going to be showing like so much from the book of Boba Fett. It's going to be as long as that prequel montage at the beginning of Obi-Wan Kenobi (laughs) and and the fans. And I think those kind of like people who only watch come around to star Wars every once in a blue moon, they're like, they're going to have whiplash. Is it like, what is, what happened? How? So Grogu's not, where's Luke? What's where's Luke? What's happening? Yeah. That's going to be so interesting. Like, you know, not necessarily because like from, like the fandom's perspective, but just from casual you know, folks who just want to see Grogu or, or yeah. you know, lightsabers or all that stuff, you know? Yeah, and I mean, it's an incredibly important part in, in yeah. the story because, you know, he he, he's, he goes off with Luke at the end of season two, and mm-hmm. then all of a sudden in season three, he's going to be back with Mando, and you're not going to know how the heck that happened unless, you know, <laughs> you, you have that flashback or you go back and watch those few episodes of Book of Boba Fett. But it's just so odd that it's so disconnected with that story that, you know, you kind of have to just watch those few episodes, and the other stuff mm-hmm. really doesn't matter to that story, and that's... I don't know. It just doesn't flow very well. So how do you feel? We're still talking about Mando season three. How do you feel, um, you know, as you know, they've released the trailer back in September, um, which included a lot of the stuff that some folks saw at Celebration. Um, how do you feel about like this new rivalry between like uh, Bo-Katan and Mandalorian going on? To, who's going to be the, you know, the, the, the Lord of Mandalore? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think they're definitely setting the story up for 
um, Dinjarin to be uh, like to win out eventually. Like I think he's the protagonist character, and Bo-Katan is the antagonist character. Oh. And this show, this show very much has a like the protagonist wins type <laughs> vibe to it. So yeah. like I think Bo-Katan, you know, she's she's not going to survive, or she's going to have to something's going to have to change in her character. You know, it's I think that um, Grogu and, and Mando are immovable objects <laughs> as far as their longevity in Star Wars they're going to be key for a very long time until they decide to bridge the gap into the sequels then they might fade yeah. away and if, um, if if not even luke yeah. skywalker can break up the two in in the end like you know <laughs> of course not he's not gonna um so uh yeah i, I think her fate's kind of sealed but it'll be interesting to see how it happens but she's very much i think at this point a foil for their characters just to see them have Man. they need to overcome something and it's her but you know they were setting that up it's an interesting she has interesting motivations. She's an interesting antagonist. It's cool that she kind of came in as a protagonist and then shifted to an antagonist as things changed. And that that was kind of a cool way to do it. But, you know, obviously they were setting that up. It was very obvious what was going to happen from, you know, where season two was going. You know, mm-hmm. they set that up very clearly. Um, so it's, I'm just interested to see what, if there's any twists or things that yeah. are unexpected because so far like everything seems to be going in a pretty obvious direction it's not surprising and that 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 be that's always great when they uh, subvert your expectations when you expect yeah. something and you get another that's another thing i'll give Brian johnson huge credit for mm-hmm. is for subverting expectations i yes. think we all need some subversions in ever in in our lives every once in a while um mm-hmm. but i think there's another thing that i i really need to ask you about this chris i've been dying to know is that Babu Frick in the trailer? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it does. It does kind of look like him. I I, I gotta do a little bit more research on Man, that to be sure. I'm gonna be so mad if it's like, no, I'm not Babu Frick. Like, I'm some member of the species, and I'm like, it's um, like a, like a Yaddle situation. I'm like, gosh, dang it. <laughs> maybe. I mean, I mean, I was glad that Yaddle showed up, being a fan yeah. of the prequels and the lore. So, um, I, I think I'd rather them reuse species because I feel like they've mm. through all these Disney Plus shows and through the sequels and the spinoff films as well, they've created so many new Star Wars species that weren't in the original six films and the Clone Wars. And I mm-hmm. feel like it's, they've been a little too heavy on creating new species. Like I wouldn't mind a new species here and there makes sense. New stories. The EU did that back in the day, but like, yeah, I, I feel like, you know, if you go, there's total scenes and episodes of things where like, you don't even recognize a single species from the originals. And I, I think that's a bit too far to push it. <laughs> I, I don't know. It kind of reminds me though, I mean, you remember the joy, you, you know, that we all felt watching that, uh, you know, in A New Hope, watching that cantina scene for the first time mm-hmm. and seeing all these, like, what are these species? Like, these are yeah. like minor props that they found in the back in the in the welding yeah. shop. And it's just and we're just yeah. like, oh, my God, we can write stories about these species. And like and we're seeing lots of them in you know a lot of these newer content That's and whatnot. Great. Um, it it reminds me though of like how the old video game Knights of the Old Republic, uh, which is about to approach its 20th anniversary, believe it or not, wow, isn't, yeah. isn't that crazy? We're all we're all getting it is. We're we ain't getting younger. We're getting older every day. Oh all my right. gosh, everything. Yeah, we're deep into the 20 year 20th anniversaries of things, like yeah. really deep, like Phantom Menace <laughs> and 
you know, all that old stuff. Um, you know, I think, I think the Clone Wars micro series is going to be hitting its 20th anniversary pretty soon. Um, and then we're going to get to the old battlefronts and then here's, I I, I'm worrying about, we're going to start hitting the thirties pretty soon. Like I'm waiting for them to be like, all right, it's been 30, 30, I think we already hit 30 years of heir to the empire. But, um, oh, which wow. thankfully I think came out right before I was born, but the things that happened when I was alive, like the special editions, they're not yeah. too far off from their 30th anniversary. Oh version. man. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah, the special editions came out, uh, be- right before I was born actually. So like, oh, yeah, that's interesting, but, it's um, on its way. it's on its way. Yeah. <laughs> um, you have so many generations of Star Wars fans now, like at this point, like you can kind of pick out like maybe four, maybe even five separate groups of people. Cause it's like, you have. <laughs> honestly there's six if you count like generations that are kind of staggered like not like yeah. fathers and sons or mothers and daughters but like you know cousins and siblings because it's like you have the <laughs> original crew that's like generation one who like actually grew up with the original films and saw them in theaters play with those old vintage action figures and such and then you got mm-hmm. like the this middle generation that kind of grew up with the uh the expanded universe and the thron trilogy and then the Star Wars. 80s, early 90s and they're like that middle lost generation that got you know they're like the give us legends generation <laughs> very much and and then, and then you've got the, the prequel generation, which I consider myself um, one of because I saw all the prequels in theaters. And then you got, I think maybe where you're at, which is like the Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that generation they grew up with on the Clone Wars. And that was really what brought them into Star Wars. And that yeah. definitely deepened my fandom. And that's what brought me into experiencing Star Wars with other people and not just myself alone. Podcasting. So that's number four. And then number five, of course, is you got the the, the sequel generation mm-hmm. and the people that that, that grew up with with the sequel films and Kylo Ren and Ray and Finn and Poe and all those people. And yeah. then, and then we're kind of at generation six right now, which is the Grogu. The kids, <laughs> <laughs> the kids that grew up with the Mandalorian and all the Disney plus stuff. Well, and just then, imagine so like groups. Like, oh, I'm so sorry to interrupt, but like, just imagine like, yeah. cause we've been talking all of these projects coming out. There's, I don't yeah. think it's going to be like a gen six kind of thing. It's going to be all disjointed. Somebody, some people out there, their first Star Wars experience will be, you know, Lola and young Leia. Or it'll yeah. be Andor, or yeah. it'll be yeah. like this weird Lego thing, or you know, yeah. and like there's so many new entryways. I think the Marvel Cinematic Universe is also like that in a way. I'd argue is. DC is like that. I mean, you know, the chaos going mm-hmm. on oh, of definitely. DC movies right now. Been. Oh yeah. my god! Actually, I know this isn't Star Wars, but I want to. I have not talked about this with you. What? How do you? So okay, so this is kind of related to Star Wars. We uh, heard that Patty Jenkins is still working on mm-hmm. Rogue Squadron. Uh, with Lucasfilm. Mm-hmm. Um, really cool, right? Um, mm-hmm. But that is because WB rejected her pitch for Wonder Woman 3 because, once again, they're rebooting DC films with James Gunn and uh, some I forgot the mm-hmm. other guy's name at the head. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I need your opinions on this. Like, what is... What like what what do you what are your thoughts just about what's going on? A great, you know, hopefully Patty Jenkins can get something done that we can get some Star Wars films into flipping theaters because oh my goodness, we need yeah. Star Wars films into theaters. It's been oh three years. God, yeah. But yeah. um like what what are your thoughts about all of that going on? Oh, DC. Okay. Yeah, DC is a tough one for me because it's like, you know, I'm I'm a certain level of fan. Like I've seen the majority of things. It's really when you start getting into the animated universe that I start getting holes <laughs> where things but I've seen like I've seen the definitely like all the films and, and yeah, live action. the live action stuff, or at least I know about it, you know. Yeah. Um like and so it's tough for me. Um but I, I am like I like a, a lot of it enough to do to have strong opinions on it. Like I'm very <laughs> 
big fan of most of the Batman stuff, for example, and that universe with the Harley Quinn and the Joker and anything to do with that. I'm yeah. a big fan of almost all of it. And when it messes up, it, it, I have big opinions on it, like Batman versus Superman, for instance, which I don't like. And so, like, uh, again, like, I obviously don't have that cohesiveness that that Marvel has with Kevin Feige bringing mm-hmm. everything together and keeping everything in the same universe, um, which is unfortunate. And I think they do need to do that at a point. But again, DC historically has never been that. It's always been each generation's kind of had their own Batman and their own Superman and their yeah. own storylines, and they've never really fit together. And that's normal for DC. And I know it's interesting because this is the thing I wish they would do. And I had some, one of my friends told me about this. They're like, you know, they're probably trying to do some multiverse thing with DC to kind of tie it together. And I'm like, Oh, that would be great because Marvel did it so well, like the way that Marvel used Mm -hmm. the multiverse, like for instance, to tie all the Spider-Man universes together. (laughs) It's absolutely brilliant. It's one of the coolest things I've ever, ever seen. And I do kind of wish that they would do a DC multiverse and start to tie some of the DC properties together a little bit more um, so that there's that cohesiveness. Um, And I think that would make it make a little bit more sense. Um, But it it is tough because every time they reboot it, you know, (laughs) if you like something, it's going to be gone. But if you didn't, then it might have a chance of getting something better. So it's kind of like a a box of chocolates like situation. And it's actually, and like, this is my hot take about DC. Like they should have never, I understand The Rock was being The Rock, but like you should have never brought Henry Cavill back as Superman. Never. Because that that severe whiplash of, oh, he comes back in Black Adam, and then you know, he posts about it publicly on social media. Oh, I'm back. I'm Superman. He left you know, The Witcher. He's not Geralt anymore. And then they just say, nope. And what's so funny, like from all these actors who like or basically have lost their roles – the PR speak there, like, for example, The Rock is like spinning it as, oh, he won't be in the first chapter of the next DC thing, but we're talking about blah, 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 blah. He's fired. He's not coming back. Don't expect him to come back. Like, don't listen to the PR speak. That's yeah, wrong. yeah. And there's a lot of that that happens with that. And uh, I think kind of trying to t- talk more about like Patty Jenkins and, and stuff mm-hmm. like you originally mentioned. Um, I think yeah. it's tough because I never know, cause I don't, with star Wars, I can have really good opinions about like, if something goes wrong, whose fault it is. Cause I follow <laughs> it so incredibly closely with BC. It's tough for me. I don't like assigning blame because you know, you never know whose fault it is. For instance, like I blame Zack Snyder for ruining DC for a while, not realizing mm-hmm. it really wasn't his fault. He had to step away from a project early and it got screwed up and then he had to come back and fix it after the fact with, um, uh, and then they had executive play. meddling and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah not executive meddling and stuff. And it's like so, so it's so it's like it, that was an interesting situation because I feel like the Snyder films, like it, when the executives were controlling them, and you had that trilogy that that came out with the Man of Steel, Batman versus Superman, and, and Justice League, like that 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 trilogy like really the the initial versions of those movies were not good like they were bad decisions were made to the way those Mm -hmm. movies were cut but when you when i saw the original vision and watched Zack snyder's original uh director's cut of of Mm -hmm. um of of justice league that he put out that was like four hours i'm like okay this actually does work in this format in this length the way that he edited (laughs) it and so I wonder, of course, if he had gone back and, you know, maybe given, was able to give the treatment, same treatments to his other films, maybe that whole trilogy would have maybe had the same weight as the uh, Nolan 
Batman trilogy, yeah. which I think is probably the best DC trilogy. And so, um, I, yeah, I think the executives just really don't know what the heck they're doing with DC. <laughs> and it's hard for me to blame the critters, which brings me to Patty Jenkins, because, yeah. you know, I don't really know how much of what happened with 1984 was her fault because she had a very good debut with with Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. I think Wonder Woman in the groundbreaking. Yeah, with with the, the Wonder Woman in the studio executive version of of uh, Justice League was terrible. Um, but I think that Zack Snyder and his director's cut was able to bring back some of the better elements of her character. And so that makes me wonder about 1984, because 1984, in my opinion, is one of the worst DC films. <laughs> like, I hated that movie. I thought it was absolutely horrible. I think it was oh, maybe wow. an attempt it was maybe an attempt at a parody and a kind of like a Deadpool like level, but it just, oh, it that's just talk about weird. whiplash. <laughs> yeah. Imagine like doing a parody film, but it actually landing is not ironic. And that's kind of <laughs> what happened to that film. Like, I don't think it wasn't actually obvious enough that it was a parody. And so it went from being funny to just being terrible. And I, I hated it. And I, and I think a lot of people did. I think it ruined that character and that franchise for a lot of people. And I think that a lot of maybe that's a lot of the reason why they're rebooting and a lot of the reason why she's not coming back for the third film. But again, because of what happened with Zack Snyder, I don't really know if we should be blaming her for that. I think it's somebody else's fault, probably. It's probably the studio executive's fault, and I think, most likely. I don't know. When we, I think it applies to not just films, but like any form of media that we consume or you know enjoy, that it's so easy, especially in Hollywood, to just blame the director, blame Ryan Johnson, blame Patty Jenkins, blame yeah. Zack Snyder, whoever. Yeah. And like, yeah. but fans so often forget that there are, you know, you have, I don't, have you read those credits? I have, there are mm. hundreds of people oh, yeah. listed on those credits and like the people writing yeah. the stories, people producing yeah. people, you know, yeah. the, obviously the cast, their assistants, yeah. the crew, like there are yeah. hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people who make all of these films day in mm-hmm. and day out. And like, when you have, I mean, I, I'm learning this more as I work for a big organization, like when there mm. are, when you have lots of people, you're, somebody's going to make mistakes somewhere. It's going to happen. Yeah. You know, and I notice it in my, you know, full-time job, for instance, Mm -hmm. but it also just happens, you know, when it comes to films, like there might be some editing error or some mistake Mm -hmm. or whatnot, either Mm -hmm. because of limited money, limited resources, bad budgeting, whatever. But also like, again, it's, it's not just one person, you know, the rock does, didn't, and never had all the power despite what he thought he did, you know, when making Black Adam. But and like, you know, it's not all Zack Snyder or Ryan Johnson or J.J. Abrams yeah. or, you know, all these like film directors. Right. And yeah. And the thing is, too, that I think the thing that people don't realize about the big budget studio films mm-hmm. is that the studios set these these timelines for them, like, you know, Disney and yeah. And, and DC, they have these slates mm-hmm. and they're like, okay, we're going to put this movie out here, that movie out there. And they have to be on time so that they don't conflict with each other and the marketing can yep. be all timed. Mm-hmm. And so they have a hard date usually, and they really don't want to move stuff unless they have to. And so basically they hire whoever they can, but there's only so many people who can do the job of working on these films. Like the amount of 
animation, for example, of computer generated effects that go into these these yeah. big budget films is incredible. Like they, if you were to take them out, they wouldn't. You could barely watch. They would be unwatchable. Like, oh my it's god! Not the, like the original Star Wars. It's like so yeah. much. It's ninety percent effects in some way or shape or form. And so there's only a few companies that actually do that at that quality level, and they only have so many employees mm-hmm. and so many people who are have trained and actually know how yeah. to do that job. And the the thing is, those people will do anything to keep their jobs because they're very high paying jobs and they're at the mm-hmm. peak of their industry and they're their life dreams to do that. You wouldn't be doing that job unless it is your life goal to do that yeah. job. You don't do it just for money. It mm-hmm. takes so much skill and effort. And so the, the studios know this. So typically people who are doing these jobs, animating and doing the special effects for these films, while these films are in production, they're working between 60 and 80 hours a week doing that. Like yeah. they are up all day, all night, sleeping a few hours a day at the peak times, mm-hmm. working almost every day of the week, just nonstop doing this to, to get these things out on time and to redo things that are wrong and do that when they have to re-edit and recut and reshoot to do it again and all that stuff. And so that's why you end up with these situations where sometimes, you, like you said, somebody makes a mistake because imagine, you know, if you're just overworked and you're just you know drinking coffee to get through the night because you've been working 16 hours trying to animate somebody's arm you might miss a finger it might happen (laughs) and and it it can't go they don't have time to go back and fix it because it's like oh well we got to put the movie out tomorrow so uh, it just goes out how it goes out i remember like in some of the you know the making of of a new hope making of empire strikes back making of return of the jedi those big books that jw winsler wrote i think I think it was in Empire or in one of the, the latter two where like they made a cut that was supposed to be the theatrical cut, but then mm. George looked at it and realized, oh shit, I got to change these couple of things. And so uh-huh. like ILM <laughs> had to go back in at the last minute and like change yeah. these effects right before yeah. the movie came out, like right at when it was about to be shipped to the theaters. Yeah. Yeah. That, 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 they're working to the wire on all these things. And the thing too, that I think people don't realize is like, a lot all these big films they have to put them through test screenings a bunch of times yeah. and it's like mm-hmm. you, again i feel like that yes the executives have a little bit too much control but they do they do put it you know they do show it to people and they show different versions to people and and the thing that's kind of surprising is you wouldn't believe how many cuts and versions of these films actually exist <laughs> like there's like 10 different versions they went and they showed 10 different groups of people and asked them questions mm-hmm. about each one of them and figured out which one they actually wanted to go with like it's not it's not always up to the the director to just yeah. say oh this is how it's going to go they have to put it through all the test screenings and then again the executives have to sit down and watch it and give their opinions about it too and like it's not just Kathleen Kennedy either. It's not just her making the decisions either. There's like a whole yeah. staff at Lucasfilm and like you know the heads right. of Disney who are deciding as well. And like maybe I don't know, maybe shareholders have something to do with it as well. I'm oh, not sure. You wouldn't but, believe, yeah, you yeah. wouldn't believe the layers to these things. It's like it's yeah. not it's not simple. Like, you know, you can't have a high school or really even a college mm-hmm. degree and understand how these industries actually work like it's it's like a hive mind of like capitalist minded people because it's like for instance like you know i i you listen to like the disney investor calls and yeah. who was asking the questions to like a bob chapek or bob Iger and catholic Kennedy and these people and it's like it's it's not like it's one very wealthy you know person who owns like 
25% of Disney. You know, it's not somebody like that. It's, it's somebody who's representing an investment firm, like a oh, mutual fund type it. firm. And That's so, yeah. So, cause a lot of these companies, they're run by firms that are actually have like thousands, if not millions of people's money involved in it. So it's like, you know, when you're talking about like having a 401k or like at a retirement account that, you know, you or your parents or whoever might have, you might have a piece of Disney or a piece of one of these studios in that. And then it has to kind of trickle all the way up where somebody's representing all of those shares and investments of all of those people. Mm -hmm. And then they have to make the calls about what they think is going to grow that investment and then they have to ask the questions and control things at the corporate level yeah. and then control the board and then have them control the ceo and like it's it's pretty crazy to think that it's like really what disney is and what these studios are is they are people's investments just everyday people's investments just collectivized in one big lump sum crazy yeah it's insane <laughs> it's so like I, I think that's kind of the issue with fandom. This is what I should have been saying for the past five or six years, Chris. Is that just like it? People oversimplify their concerns. They yeah. find a scapegoat. They think, oh, it's yeah. this person or that person. Yeah. And YouTubers do that, you know, for the clickbait as well. Mm -hmm. And well, I'll say this: I, Kathleen Kennedy, has had a wonderful decade, and a, a you know, decade and a half a year additional mm -hmm. of having this job and I look forward to more with her at the helm. I'm just going to say that. Okay. <laughs> so like every year uh, no, she's supposed to retire. She's supposed, she's to, get supposed to be fired retire again for the 10th time this year. For the year. <laughs> People are very funny, Chris. I I'm learning to just laugh at it all now. Yeah. Don't take it too seriously. They're just yeah. trying, they're just making the clicks and the money and the ad revenue. Mm -hmm. That's what they're doing. If it yeah. works for him, it works for him. You know, yeah. I can't, can't really do much about it personally other yeah. than say my opinion, say my piece. And, um, mm -hmm. I, if you can't tell by this podcast, I love where star Wars is at. Um, and mm -hmm. I love where star Wars is going to be. And, um, was there anything else you wanted to get off your chest before we proceed to this next segment? Uh, no, I think that's a good I'm talking a lot. And, and until I ruined the segue, there we go. Uh, so, you know, a lot of Star Wars stuff going on, a lot of Star Wars stuff happening in the future. And let's talk about that some more with the hype factor. Yeah, it's the hype factor segment. We talk about what we are most excited about. And, you know, you know, Ball's, Ball's going to drop a New Year's Eve, you know, and we're going to have mm -hmm. brand new year 2023 coming. As we said earlier, mm -hmm. it's going to be a huge year full of Star Wars goodies and Let's see. My hype factor at the moment, I'm not going to go immediate. I'm going to go a little bit further in the future. Mm -hmm. My hype factor right now is Mandalorian season three. Yeah. Um, I believe March 1st is when it's coming mm -hmm. out. And oh man, just seeing Mando and Grogu again, you know, because it, it's weird, right? Every year that we do this Christmas episode, there's just with the exception of 2018, there has been a Star Wars thing coming out mm -hmm. at Christmas time. There hasn't been this year. It's just Willow. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's, our last thing was obviously Andor, but it's it's a little weird we haven't had the Mandalorian yet. So it's gonna be very interesting, very interesting to see what people think about it coming out in the springtime. And can't can't wait to see what more adventures all these characters will go through next. And um I, I'm just so excited um, to get uh, people will be excited about Grogu. Can't wait to see all the memes, new memes that'll be made. Um and 
It's going to be a feel-good time. Can't wait to see what will happen with the Darksaber, with Din, with Bo-Katan, with what looks like Babu Frick, uh, who, who the heck that is, and just <laughs> anything else that could happen. You, you never know. Like, 3PO might show up. I, I don't know. <laughs> Wouldn't that be something? I would love He's that. He's going to have another colored arm. Yeah. Like, is that, what about how we got this blue arm? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it matches the blue milk. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, Chris Siegel, what is your hype factor? Well, this is tough because it's like, obviously, there's so many things coming out that, that are incredibly exciting. Like, you know, I'm very excited for... Um, uh jedi survivor um i'm i'm very excited for skeleton crew mm-hmm. um i would say though my hype factor is something that i don't know if they're going to be able to squeeze into 2023 or not like i think if it's going to be in 2023 it's going to mm-hmm. be the end of the year but it most likely might be a year from now at the beginning of 2024 and that's the acolyte the, oh. the acolyte is definitely the thing in the future of star wars that they're working on now that i'm most excited for because at this point after andor i'm, I'm just looking for what is going to be the most different star wars thing like you know <laughs> i'm super excited for um star wars jedi survivor um but you know it's just going to be kind of more of the same story just extended in the same type of gameplay just with some additions to it and i, I just gotta know, say this about the game where's Grease? Yeah. right where is Grease, <laughs> man he was my favorite man as and yeah that's interesting um maybe there's a surprise there i don't know um but um yeah and it's like you know ahsoka and mandalorian season three they're very much going to be extensions and similar of the other mandalverse stuff that we've got and i think skeleton crew is going to be the most unique of the things that that i've mentioned we don't know exactly how that's going to go that's the guy who um directed spider-man who's going to be working john on that watts yeah john watts that's right um so that's that's kind of fascinating um but really the accolade sticks out to me as the future project that you know at least in the next two years we'll get that is that I'm the, the one that is that the one set in the high republic era mm-hmm. yeah it's set yeah. at the end of the high republic era like a hundred years before the phantom menace which is Ooh. a timeline that's you know, no no live action thing no. or animated thing has been remotely anywhere <laughs> near to that um you know the closest thing you got maybe are kind of like some of the tales of the jedi stuff yeah. mm-hmm. uh, with young qui-gon and such but that's not even still not even too c- close to to that it's still like 50 or 60 years away um so and it's just like that if you look at the people making the show like the actors and the writers directors they're all people that aren't you know super we're super familiar with with star wars or even things that are kind of similar to star wars um so i think just like andor it's probably going to be have a lot of tone to it that's different and unique which i'm really excited for and just just the concept of the story you know a story that seems to be about kind of the history of the jedi and and the sith going way back i think is is really really fascinating so i think there's going to be some storytelling in there that's going to be kind of very unique and removed from that typical either clone wars or galactic civil war like conflict era that most of those stories are set in. um so yeah I, i'm super hyped for that i think that's gonna really be a dark horse and like really surprise people and catch people off guard like and andor kind of like a favorite yeah i think it's gonna kind of do the same thing that andor did but i think it's gonna catch a slightly different audience because the one thing that andor didn't do is it grabbed people with 
its quality, but it didn't fully grab people with the lore. Like it expanded upon the Star Wars lore, and I think people appreciated it before that. But I don't think it went to like the hardcore, like diehard people who like you know have read every Star Wars book and you know every source book and you know all those character encyclopedias. Like you know you have like I, I don't think it, it got those people fully because of all the new ground it tread. I think that Acolyte's going to really get people with the lore because it's like a history yeah. of Star Wars thing. It's going back to the beginnings of things. And and I think that they're, they're obviously going to have to come up with some new stuff, but I think they might include some little things in there with the history of the Sith, like maybe some Plagueis hints <laughs> or something or backstory that I think is really going to fascinate people who have been longtime fans of like the, yeah. the, the stuff of Star Wars that is kind of between the lines on the screen. Yeah, I I think my kind of dream of like a Disney Plus series or a film or whatnot is like a direct prequel to The Phantom Menace, like an origin mm-hmm. story of like, you know, Darth Sidious or if, mm-hmm. you know, like what Tales of the Jedi did with Qui-Gon and Dooku yeah. and, and um, obviously yeah. Ahsoka. But like yeah. just I want to see like Shami's origin story. What happened yeah. with Shami? And like yeah. because like the dynamic, the EU went to fascinating lengths yeah. like going into this dynamic with these characters yeah. and these prequel yeah. characters and man i it, as we know prequels have been a lot to love in recent years especially mm-hmm. with obi-wan kenobi and whatnot but yeah. it's it, it we just gotta i i just hope we get some more like that era like that hundred year mm-hmm. gap you know between mm-hmm. the phantom menace and the high republic mm-hmm. and just to yeah. see just like what can they do with that and as we know like the gap in between the prequels and the originals they're getting a lot of screenplay you know with and with the animated shows mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. andor obi-wan kenobi you know mm-hmm. everything there's too much going on in that era bad but, but it's a bad yeah. batch yeah of course yeah um yeah. and everything has to have sal or mon mothma yeah. or or yeah. uh bail organa um, yeah. which is awesome love all those characters uh but mm-hmm. it's you know that's another that's an you know i think that's what the mandalorian did very well because that was mm-hmm. an untapped era with the exception mm-hmm. of some books um and yeah. comics in between yeah. the originals and the sequels and yeah. i hope in the future that mandalorian story they continue with that and just seeing like you said earlier in the podcast, have, let's have it connect with the Force Awakens because mm-hmm. the Battlefront Two story did that. Um, mm-hmm. it, it might not have been executed the best, you know, but it, it it executed it in a way that pleased me. It's like, oh wow, this connects the originals with the sequels. I mean, that'd be so cool to to have that. Um, and yeah. hearing that the acolyte is doing that to back to get them back to the original point is just really cool. I'll be honest with you, Chris. I kind of. And t- I kind of thought you were going to say Bad Batch is your hype factor. I was kind of teeing that up for you. <laughs> no, no. I mean, it's cool. Um, How are you feeling about I, it right now? I, I don't think, I don't feel like they've fully recaptured what they did with the last season of the Clone Wars yet mm. in animation. Like, I think there's been some really good moments in Bad Batch. I think there were some good moments in Tales of the Jedi, but um I, I think having so much time to build up the characters uh, like Rex and Ahsoka and the Clone Wars over so many seasons, they like come to that amazing climax with with their story at the end of the Clone Wars um, and Siege of Mandalore. Like that, that I, I'm waiting for them to kind of rev up to that in another animated project. And I don't think I think they're many years away from that because Bad Batch, you know, kind of reminds me right now of you know Clone Wars season one and two, which makes sense because they're in that early stage of it. It's yeah. like with Tales of the Jedi with these kind of new angles of older stories. And so 
Um, it's great. And, uh, I think it has a lot of room to grow. I hope that they give it more seasons beyond this to continue growing or maybe morph into other shows with the same characters in some way, like they did with like Rebels and Clone Wars, for example. Um, but, uh, again, for me, it's kind of, that's in its infancy of storytelling. I don't think it's kind of at its peak yet of what it could be. It hasn't reached its potential yet, in my opinion. And that's great. And that's great because that means we won't, everything in the future will not be, mediocre if the potential is still there we have opportunity for more amazing things that'll blow us away and i think that's ultimately what we want as fans right um i I have one more question and then we'll start to wrap it up um okay for the ahsoka series what do you think we'll get a live action captain rex Ooh, that's a really good question. Um, well, okay, so didn't they like retcon like a rebel character in Return of the Jedi to be Rex? No, didn't Dave Filoni no, do they that? Didn't. It, they did. No, it was it was. So here's what happened with that. Like you know, a lot of people were saying, "Oh, well, this guy looks a lot like Captain Rex in Star Wars Rebels with like the white beard and such." And so a lot of fans were like, oh, this would be kind of a fun retcon to do. But really the problem is that um, Captain Rex is literally a different ethnicity than this this actor. <laughs> like mm-hmm. Actors like Captain Rex is, you know, Tim Morrison, who's an indigenous New Zealander. Um, so you just can't kind of race jump like that. And because of that, you know, that, that can't happen unless they're going to like get rid of that actor and cgi in like or so you know, a, assuming that so assuming that whole return of the jedi thing you know take that out of the way don't even think about that yeah how do you feel what's the possibility of rex being in the ahsoka series which takes oh, place no. after in between return of the jedi and mando yeah there's a couple ways to do it i mean it's tough because of the aging because you know um at that point boba fett's kind of getting along in an age himself yeah and Rex is aging twice as fast as Boba Fett is. Mm. So he's going to be pretty old by the time you get to that point. And it's kind of getting less and less realistic that he'd still be alive. However, we do know and expect, you know, they set up this thing called the world between worlds in Star Wars Rebels. And it's very interesting because the uh, the logo for Ahsoka and some of the kind of like, accents on the marketing is very reminiscent of that world between worlds aesthetic and so we kind of it's kind of there it's like they're hinting that that's going to be an element in the show and when you do that you you make the possibility for time travel and time distortion in star wars possible and so really the only thing that i could see happening is if between the thing with the unknown regions that might happen and the thing with um world between worlds and like time distortion and travel perhaps there's a way to have rex's aging slow down through physics and if they do that then i think it's a little bit more likely but again it's like you'd have to age tim orson a lot at that point because you think about how old boba fett is double that you gotta double that so that's (laughs) tough absolutely so yeah, I'm reading the Wikipedia page on Rex, and it's conflicted. Like some parts yeah. of the article state that he was a commander on Endor, but then the other parts was talking yeah. about that it was kind of flip flopped, and that yeah. he was depicted as it in Star Wars: Galaxy of Adventures, but it's not meant to be literally canon. So it's it's a yeah. little weird going on there. Yeah, and I, again, I don't know if they were thinking about the the aging math too hard, like 
Um, <laughs> you know, Star Wars Rebels is five years before. Well, okay, if we're talking Republic, about so. if we're talking about age and math, like then why the heck are we having Andor where Diego Luna is six years older, but his character is like eight years younger? Oh, well, you know, you got the same thing with 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 Ian McGregor and Hayden Christensen and Jimmy Christensen. Jimmy Smith and Jeb, yeah. Genevieve O'Reilly. Yeah, no, they'll, yes. they'll, they'll play with they'll, they'll play with that. And again, that's a criticism of mine. Like you know, it's <laughs> it's always tough when you have to do that in stories, and they've never landed it quite right, in my opinion, <laughs> um, with anything. So they've just come close a few times. So it's 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 tough when you have to. That's that's why I'm such a big fan of. Uh, I think I think Tales of the Jedi is a good thing to build off of. Like I think if you want to tell a story about a character and the actor who plays them is just not the right age for that point in the timeline, just just do it Tales of the Jedi style, animate it, and then there's no problem. The voice actors, you know, can sound like they yeah. sound like it, and it'll be fine. And yeah. so, yeah. so I would love to see a lot more of that. Like, gosh, I would love to see more stuff with Leia and the sequels in animated style. Like, I think that's that's huge. I'm still to this day, I will say it again and again. I am shocked and aghast, just absolutely dumbfounded that there is no sequel era animated show that really went into those characters. Like they they gave us resistance, but resistance really doesn't have much to do with the main characters. And then there's the um, all the Lego films yeah. that are after the sequel trilogy. Yeah, which do a better job at developing those characters than sometimes <laughs> even the films did. Um, like in a lot of ways, um the 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 Lego special are more <laughs> true to Ryan Johnson's version of the characters than than Rise of Skywalker was in my opinion. So it's tricky. That's um, a bold take. That. Yeah. yeah, it's tricky. And so I, I would love to see more Clone Wars kind of style that tells of the Jedi style of stories that, about those those characters. I think it would add a lot to that era and, and bring people back to it because it, it's just, it's shocking to me. And it's, I think, a huge misstep on Disney's part. I think one of the biggest missteps that mm. they, they made was setting up the sequel era as like the new foundation of Star Wars and then bringing in Galaxy's Edge at that era and having their park focus on it and then have to go back and decide that the Mandalorian is now the new foundation. And now, now they have to have, you know, the uh, Mando walking around to Disney and Grogu with first order stormtroopers and it just doesn't make sense. I, and, it it's, a, and, and I think it. like for people like me, I, I felt whiplash. Cause like, you know, 2019 yeah. was an amazing year, but like you had both Mandalorian and rise of Skywalker coming out in the same year. Mm -hmm. And for mm -hmm. me, it's just like, I feel like now it feels like most folks have just moved on to Mandalorian. Yeah. And that's oh, not yeah. a bad, that's not a bad thing. People can like what they want to like, you know, it's just the way it goes. They didn't but, have to do that. Like, but they, like they could have, they could have said, there's no reason why they couldn't have set the Mandalorian in the sequel era and had it be the first order instead of the empire mm. remnant. Like, like they could have done that and they could have had Moff Gideon be a character, you know, in the first order and not the 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 Empire. And it would have I been think, it would have been more improbable to have Clone Wars era characters return. You're right about that, but you replace them with cameos by sequel characters. Just as cool, in my opinion. <laughs> like instead I, of Ahsoka showing up to help Grogu, it could be Ray. Like that would so be awesome. So what if what if they do that in 20 years? Like they do that they kind do. of show. I think they're I think they're going to. Yeah. But again, you're wasting all this time in the meantime developing all this stuff that is not in lockstep with everything else. <laughs> and so now you have these divergent things and now it's like it's you're almost making the sequel movies irrelevant for a generation. Like and, you can you can consume all of Star Wars. Mm -hmm. And not watch the sequels, which I don't like. Yeah, and I think 
it frustrates me because, you know, like I mentioned this whiplash earlier with 2019 and the shift from the sequels to Grogu, as we've been saying, yeah. or Mandalorian in general. Yeah. And it's frustrating for me because there's still a lot of me that just, I, <laughs> I, I want an episode 10. Yeah. <laughs> I know we're not yeah. going to get that for 10 years or whatever, but like, I want like a continuation of like Ray Poe, you know, and the Lego films have been pretty much the only source of that thus far. And I think I think we'll get to it by the end of the decade because yeah. I, while the 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 Rogue Squadron is the only one that we're kind of mm-hmm. sure that is going to happen because of that reconfirmation for Patty Jenkins, even though there's not like a timeline mm-hmm. for that. Um, I think you know that there are some films in the work that it's definitely there's been some talk that they are going to have some sequel characters in them. And so if it's not episode 10, it's going to be a spinoff in the same way yeah. that like Solo and Rogue One are spinoffs of the original trilogy. Actually, I thought I saw a rumor somewhere, or maybe Ben was telling me something that that like one of the next films that's like in development right now is meant to be like a sequel to Rise of Skywalker or it a is. spinoff. It is. Yeah, it's it's going to be it's going to be related to those. And we expect to have some of those characters in that film. And I think that's a bit more than a rumor. I think someone actually said that at some point, mm-hmm. or maybe it was just like a really good report from a good, like yeah. reputable source. I can't remember. Um, but uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I think, I think that's going to happen. I think we're going to see that by the end of the decade, like before 2030, we'll see another movie that has something to do with the sequels. But again, it's just like, they're really dragging that out. Like mm-hmm. it should have happened by now. And it should have happened on Disney plus by now. Like, it's shocking to me that, you know, all well, the places Disney Plus is going, they're not going there. Well, you have to remember this, Chris, like after the prequels came out, there was nothing on Star Wars with the exception of the Force Unleashed games, which was right before A New Hope, and mm-hmm. obviously the Clone Wars um, before mm-hmm. Disney acquired Lucasfilm. So there was kind of a stopping point back then as well. And just like, okay, we made these three expensive films, you know, it had its reception, whatever, but we made it. They're completed products, projects. Mm-hmm. And, you know, these actors are tired of the roles for now. And then, you know, 14 years after Revenge of the Sith, you get Obi-Wan Kenobi. You have some of these actors coming back and, mm-hmm. you know, reprising their roles in such unique ways. And, you know, mm-hmm. I I think it's okay that we get to wait a little long because I think the actors from the sequel trilogy, like that, that, that's, you know, when you're like a new actor and like Star Wars is your first big thing and, you mm-hmm. know, you see how the fans are like and all that, like it's exhausting. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure like, especially oh, yeah. like for Daisy Ridley, you know, Oscar Isaac, Kelly Marie Tran, John Boyega, they were, it, it was just an exhausting role. Um, I'm sure they loved it, you know, but, you know, there were some interviews where they voiced frustration by how overwhelming it can be as well. So that's why I think it's good that they haven't focused on sequel stuff right now, even though personally, I am disappointed that like fans have just like stopped caring about the sequel. Generally, not every fan, of course, lots of folks still care about it. You know, you have me, for instance, but um, it's frustrating that like the fans do that. But I also understand why Lucasfilm is not really developing on that too much right now. Um, you know, sometimes you just need a break and then maybe a few years down the line, half a decade, whatever, you know, and you know, they'll bring back characters and, you know, offer them a million millions of dollars to come back and do all this and all that. I'm sure that, you know, if they could get Harrison Ford back as Han Solo, you know, if they found a way to make that happen, not just in Force Awakens, but also the rise of Skywalker, technically in an uncredited way, it's possible. Anything is possible. So with that note, 
Chris, you do a lot of amazing things for Culture Slate and Star Wars Underworld. Where can we follow you? Where can we listen to you? What do you got going on, Mr. Chris Siegel? Thank you again yeah. for being on the show, by the way. Yeah, Culture Slate, um, which covers a lot of Star Wars, but also Marvel, DC, and many other things, you know, can be found at Culture Slate and um, cultureslate.com. Um, and then uh, Star Wars Underworlds at the SWU, which is just Star Wars stuff. Um, I'm personally at Seek3PO. Um, or at my name at Chris Siegel on various social media sites. Heck yeah. Y'all been doing amazing works. Um, doing, I, I always joke to Ben, um, the founder of the SWU. I'm like, you do like 5 million podcasts every week. And then you have time to be on. I, I know. Yeah. It's like, it's like, wow. Like the amount of stuff you guys do. It's a lot of, a lot of cool shows being made and stuff going on. Um, I, I want to shout out, like I did at the beginning of the podcast, that the um, the Fall Guys sessions we've been having in the SWU Network Discord server, okay? Mm-hmm. So I've been helping uh, Joel Davis like organize that and teach everybody how to play Fall Guys and whatnot. And it's been a fun time. It's, it's mm-hmm. always fun, you know, just... You know, sometimes talking Star Wars, sometimes we're just you just hear all of us grunting and like getting like we're like, ah, oh, we 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 fell off the map in the game. We we fall like a fall guy, you know. <laughs> um, so I, I fallen in in love with the game and it's just it's just been a pleasure. Um, they've been thinking about doing other games too. They Fortnite was brought up. Uh, I, I don't know what Joel will do with that, but it, it it's very exciting. So if you want to, you know, see what that's all about, go to the SWU Network Discord server. And uh, Hype Function, uh, there's a monthly podcast. Uh, we don't just broadcast on Christmas Day. Uh, we broadcast uh, once a month where I am joined by some friends, maybe some podcast buddies or whatnot. And we discuss Star Wars. We sometimes discuss video games, superhero films, Fall Guys, um, or anything else I'm interested in, like music, for instance. Um, so you can find that um, on Spotify or wherever you may listen to your podcasts. Um, and, uh, once a month podcast episode. Oh boy, social media. Okay, so um, I believe my Instagram is jifw52 or uh, Je- or <laughs> Jeffrey <laughs> White. I think I think it still is something like that. I. I do not have a Twitter anymore. I delete. Here's the thing, Chris. I deleted my Twitter before it became cool to do so. I did it like a year Ooh, and a half ago. Nice. Way before yeah. Elon Musk took over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't use my Twitter anymore, so that's why you know, I'm like I'm not at Seek Through everywhere because I guess I got to include Instagram it's where like, that almost an hour. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I mean that is my Twitter, but yeah, I don't use it. Like I, it's Twitter's never been a positive place for me and a lot of people know yeah so um it's it's not the best social experiment Mm -hmm. to put people with very different opinions in the same spot and then allow them only a certain (laughs) amount of words to yell back and forth at each other and and it just becomes a yelling debate contest it's crazy yeah it's it's (laughs) it's not really yeah designed um in in uh <laughs> in the kind of cluster way that like yeah. uh, other sites are. So it's the discoverability level is far too high, in my opinion. And that's one of the problems there. It's like, it's like you, you want to go and, uh, you know, you have your little remote control boat that's like one foot long, <laughs> but you just drop it off the edge of like um, a carnival cruise and try to like survive in the waves. Like that's what being on Twitter feels like. <laughs> And then you just start getting a headache and it goes out of control from there. Like, oh man. <laughs> yeah. Like I figured that out a long time ago and I'm like, I need to quit. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, listen to hype function, you know, listen to SWU culture slate, check all that cool stuff. 
We'll be back next month. And before we go, Chris, is there anything else you'd like to say? I just want to say thank you for spending a little bit of your Christmas with me and for chatting about Star Wars today. Yeah, we've gone all the way till midnight on Boxing Day. So happy Boxing Day. (laughs) Uh, All right. Uh, uh, Stay hyped, everybody. Thank you for listening to the podcast.